0: This is the final episode of a part four series about Jamie Snow. In this episode, we continue our conversation with Jamie's daughters, Nicole and Jessica, and his partner, Tammy. Is there anything you can think of that, what can other people do to make you feel better Like uh, and be sensitive about the topic? Because both to acknowledge your situation, which is still horrific, it just goes on and on. But then, so you don't want everything to be about that, but you also want to support you? What, what works uh, to people in your situation?
1: I just think that people that go out of their way to speak on it and everything should actually look into the details or look into it a little bit. If you have some opinion or feeling about it, make sure that you know what you're talking about, check your facts and stuff.
2: I can't tell you how many times somebody has said that they know who did it or they know he did it. I know he did it. And these are people younger than Nicole. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) tell me how you know. I welcome that conversation on any of his sites or privately. Oh, he did it. And how many times I have, they're like, well, uh, this person told me or whatever. I'm like, oh, this person and I'll send them a police report. And I'm like, well, they were in jail at the time or I will Discredit whatever mm-hmm. they told me, and they still and they still won't believe it because their cousin said, yeah. or I'll get somebody saying, uh, "Well, uh, Bill Little was my cousin, so I-, I know Jamie did it." I'm like, that's no reason that Jamie did it. And if he's your cousin and you love him so much, why don't you want to find out who really did it? I'm not, or sure. what the real truth is. Yeah,
3: I'm not sure if if it was said Ed, that you said this, Tim, but this happened on. E- Easter Sunday. That's yes. how Jamie knows where he was. That's how these yeah. girls know yeah. that their father was at home with them.
1: Now oh, that's something so. that
3: you wouldn't forget. Yeah, we that's... always
1: have an Easter ritual. If he wouldn't have been there, we would have, that we would have realized. But to piggyback off what you're saying, Tam Alex, I cannot think of, I can't even count how many times people have came up to me and said, Either that they know my dad did it because of this or that, or more times than that, they'll tell me they know who did it. And growing up, I used to think like, I got to be a detective because mm-hmm. if that person did it, I got to find this out and I got to run around here and try to prove this. And it's to the point where if, if somebody tells me something, I'll try to pass it along to Pam because she's more better at that. But not to the point, so many people come up to me saying this and I'm just like, it it's hard you know, because my dad is in there and this isn't a game. Don't say stuff like that, because a lot of times got me so worked up that I'm like, oh, my God, what if I solve this? And he can be free. And this is true. Crazy. I think people want to
3: be sometimes they just want to be involved somehow into helping. And they're actually re-traumatizing you. And for whatever reason, maybe they know that or maybe they don't but put themselves in like they know more or they know better, it doesn't help things.
4: I think that's actually a really good point. That's exactly what I was thinking, because I I feel like there's a lot of people that just want to be the one who gives that tip or that gives that little bit of information that turns everything around. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that 110%. Like I really do. And I think um, I've had so many people reach out to me saying stuff like that. And if you really have, like you really do believe that you have information, he has a website and we have like a tip line and everything. Like you can go on there and you can give it a shot. Just don't, don't give it to me. Right, Because it's not like Jessica was saying, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a detective. I'm really bad about law stuff. Like it really <laughs> makes my head hurt.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: But like i I want to be the person understands where people are coming from. Like I don't want it to be my trauma coming out and then me being hurtful towards others because I'm hurting. So I just, I try to, I try to understand where people are coming from. And I know a lot of the times it's not malicious. It's not coming from a bad place.
3: And you also have to be careful because you don't want to um, wrongfully accuse someone else. Your dad is innocent. Somebody else did it. But you have to be careful that you don't you know, falsely accuse someone else mm-hmm. without all the facts. Like you were saying, Jessica, you, you felt like you had to play detective and, and look into it. And thankfully, you actually put in the work and looked into it and didn't just say, Well, I think this so and so did it. Uh,
2: that's true, but we want it we want if anybody has information, we want the information. You now Jamie does have a tip line. He has a free you can go to freejamiesnow.com. Uh, the tip line is there if you want to call and leave a message. If you sure, want but, to email tips at freejamiesnow.com. We want the tips. If somebody if somebody thinks that they know something, it it it's it's a it's hard in Bloomington because it really is a rumor based, and that's how Jamie was convicted. So I, I know exactly what Nicole and Jessica are saying because uh, I've done that so many times. You know, like they'll say, I know who did it. And I'm like, well, he was in California that night, yeah. or he was in jail in um, Massachusetts that night. Now, that lead was cleared. Those are things they don't know, but it may be a good lead that we've exhausted, but there may be a lead that we haven't exhausted yeah. that somebody, somebody knows, right? It's mm-hmm. true, yeah. Somebody yeah. knows. That's, I,
1: that's why I always yeah. pass it along to you, Pam, because I, I never know exactly. And I, I do believe somebody out there really does know what happened. So mm-hmm. even if it's something small, I do think if they, if it's something that they truly know and believe that they should call even big or small, because I do think that's gonna be what's gonna help us. Is somebody actually stepping up that knows something and not being afraid to come forward. And yeah,
3: and maybe I need to be a little more clear. I didn't, I, when I say be careful, you don't wrongfully accuse someone, just sending giving a tip is something that you've heard is not really accusing anyone you're not going on social media or anything saying that so and so was a killer and wrongfully accusing someone else
2: and yeah, we and we struggle with that on the podcast uh, uh we we, we our last um season was about alternative suspects. So mm-hmm. you have to be clear. The whole point is that that information wasn't exhausted by detectives. that yep. that information wasn't explored, that the whole focus was on Jamie. Yes, yeah, certainly. There are other persons of interest. Yes, yeah. certainly. After nineteen ninety, after their, after those new detectives took over, who have both, who have been found to have done this, not not been very upstanding, uh, cops. In other cases, we know we we know that and. Those and if there's information that hasn't been turned or that was turned over, that wasn't turned over to Jamie, that's important. If somebody had somebody said, hey, the guy came home uh, with blood all over his hands or or came home and confessed. And I told the police, uh, where is that police report? That's why that stuff is 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 important. But we get more more often than not. It's exactly. Exactly what Jessica Nicole said. It's somebody, that's why they go, well, I was, I know who did it. And it's just because, because it's these, it's it's usually somebody, like I said, Nicole's age or younger or because their parents said, oh, they know, or they heard their parents talk about it. And it's a very rumor, I don't even know how to explain it. It's almost yeah. like there's a, just, it's like it's this tiny little town. When you read through the reports, you're like, you feel like you're in Harper Valley, PTA stuff. (laughs) And you go there and it's a bigger city. And it's like, how do they even operate like this? How does everybody know each other? Because it's, it's a very tight community, I guess. One
3: thing that struck me when I learned
2: about Jamie's
3: case is how many from Bloomington are incarcerated for armed robbery or robbery or the same. When you, you look through especially on snow files when you talked about the jailhouse snitches everybody's in there for the same thing and how can there be so many from one little town i don't understand and
2: I think Jessica knows more about the, that's how the, I know then that's how the the police operated on jailhouse informants. In other words, you know, everybody goes, well, why does somebody run? You know, they, they run because they don't want to get dragged into the police station and get involved in a case when they've got their own case pending. Uh, alternatively, they go in if they've got their own case pending, because that is how it operates how it operated at the time, I don't know if that's still the case, but I've kind of heard little bits and pieces that it's the same way that whole, I guess the snitch system, Jessica,
1: is that? Something like that. This town is very known for the detectives getting cases from other people. If they know that you're known around town, they're going to try to get you. That's how they get their information here. They don't do much cop work more they intimidate people and try to scare you into doing something telling on somebody so that they don't you don't get in trouble or this town's very well known for that for the detectives working like that
2: and we see it over and over and over throughout this case when we have when we see somebody and then we look up their record it's like wow they walked out the back door as soon as Jamie was uh, sentenced or as soon as they testified. It's like that can't be a coincidence for every single person for that to happen to. In fact, I saw one uh, person that testified against Jamie and then I, I was just uh, trying to find out information about her. And then I saw that she testified in a 2005 case after, uh, or it might have been two ten. It was way more recent. And I'm like, wow, she's still doing this shit? And it was a guy who allegedly shot at somebody in a parking lot, like in an open parking lot. Well, this girl got arrested for like a theft charge or a shoplifting charge charge that incident had happened like two months prior and she actually testified against that guy uh he was acquitted thank god she gets arrested and what's two months later and all of a sudden she said yes i was there i saw him firing a gun in a parking lot at somebody that's some serious time that she's putting on this person to get out of what a theft theft or shoplifting charge i, I just thought why they're allowing her to do this they're allowing her to do this again and i've always said it falls at the state's attorney's feet they allow it to happen all of this falls they are the decision makers ultimately the state's attorney has all of the power to even bring a case to the grand jury uh cops can't do that and uh it's all their fault it's all their fault. You know, they, they have to take responsibility for it. It's a sad, sad thing that when you see a person still doing the same thing that they did uh, that put a man away for life and ruined another person's life who is now deceased. Maybe she was sick because of this. When you, get, when you have trauma, it's easily uh, easy for your uh, body to get weak susceptible to physical things, you know, diseases and, and, and stuff like that. And it, it, it permeates throughout the, throughout the family and throughout the friends. And, you know, even my kids with me working on this so long have been affected. I'm not saying in a negative way, but affected. It's just uh, the way it is. It really does uh, take. Yeah. These are, there's far
3: reaching effects. I've been affected by it. I, I started writing to Jamie a couple of years ago on I've become very close to him. I I write to him at, at least once, once a week, I think I write to him. And uh, he's so proud of his kids. He just, he loves his kids so much. And that's what's bothering him the most. Not that, yes, it bothers him that he's been wrongfully convicted. But the biggest thing for him is that his children missed out on their dad for all these years. I know it really bothers
1: him to see us struggle and not be able to try to solve the problems. I know he he, if he was out here, so many things would be different because he would make sure that he was. He
3: tells me that all the time, Jessica. He just he's very proud of you. You've had your struggles and you are are a beautiful young woman who is getting things together now, getting things right. And he's very proud of you. And Nicole, he's proud of you too. A lot
1: of my struggles have been just learning how to deal with the fact that he has natural life because when I was younger, I just, I couldn't accept it that he was in there and was, if it's just left alone, never getting out. I could never accept that. And I had to find ways to try to I struggled a lot, but as I've gotten older, I've just realized there's different ways to deal with it. And
3: Mm -hmm. being able to make him
1: proud of me and stuff is a lot better than making him have to worry about me.
3: And the Exoneration Project is working to get him out. So I learned about his case on truth and justice, followed by snow files. And uh, I truly believe he's innocent. There's no evidence
0: connecting him to the crime at all just wanted to ask nicole and jessica what effect the snow files podcast uh has had on like you're like you say you have to be defending your dad all the time and people come up with this theories and i would imagine maybe it's nice to have a place to send people and say go if you want to know about this go here all the facts are there
1: absolutely and i think too that um since this they've been doing the snow files i think that's such a That's been such a big, uh, how do I say this, like clarifying thing for a lot of people that wanted to say that my dad was guilty. But then when they go there and actually listen to it all, it's hard to argue that. And I've had a lot of people, Pam has started doing that, that have changed their whole and actually see what has happened in our side of this and not just what the papers say. So I am so thankful for the snow files because I think that finally gave my dad a voice and got his side out of it and all the details and everything so that people can really pay attention to everything. And if they're invested really and they really believe something isn't true, when they get on there and listen to that, it definitely makes them second guess. If they think my dad is guilty, you can't listen to that and think that somehow he's really in prison for murder that he did.
0: Oh, good. That's good to hear.
2: Can I just say that our latest campaign is uh, we're really, really, really excited to announce that we got making an exoneree. So Making an Exoneree is a program from Marty Tankliff and Mark Howard. And Marty Tankliff was wrongfully convicted, arrested for killing his parents in New York, I believe. And Mark Howard was his uh, childhood friend. I think they went to nursery school together. So Marty got out and uh, became an attorney and also became a professor at Georgetown and is also an attorney. And this is a group that it is a class that starts in January and goes through May. And they have five cases that they take on. They've gotten five people out. Even in my announcement, I had four, but somebody else just got out. Five people out since 2015, I believe, was when it started, or 2018. It's crazy. These are undergraduate students, three students per case. And now they've gotten, uh, which uh, now we, they're bringing on a couple of law students as well from Georgetown. And then they're having the whole uh, media uh, people from uh, University of California Santa Cruz so we are super excited about that oh, that's We've been, amazing yes and they're, they're taking asking.
0: Jamie's case yes yes, awesome. yes. so awesome so also they, because they make a documentary right a small one
2: Yes, they and make so a documentary can, at the yes. end, but they reinvestigate the entire case. So uh, we are super excited about um, about them and the students are great. I cannot wait um, for Jessica and Nicole to meet them. I know they're probably going to want to interview them for the uh, documentary but uh, and any information that they can get. But yes, they, they really do go deep dive into the case. And then we have an exoneree who is also an attorney. And you know, Adnan just recently joined their group. So we're we're super excited about that. So you okay. heard it, you heard it first here uh where we're talking about it live. So
3: <laughs> that's amazing. That's awesome. I'm, I'm really excited. And we once um Jamie is exonerated, we'd love to have you back on mm-hmm. with Jamie mm-hmm. to talk oh, with yeah. us about that.
2: Right. Absolutely. He'll talk, he'd talk now. <laughs>
3: Well, thank you again for coming on. I'm so glad that you're willing to do this. I know that sometimes it can be re-traumatizing and, you know, we don't ever want to re-traumatize anyone. We want to empower empower people and we want to give people like Jessica and Nicole and you a a place, a platform to speak the truth.
4: It is, you know, traumatic to talk about things that are hard in our lives, but I don't want to ever come across as not wanting to do that because I really do love my dad and I am so lucky to have such a good relationship with him. And I look at some of my friends that I've made throughout my life that don't have good relationships with their dads. And I am just so lucky that even though we have this horrible situation I have such a good dad in my life and he really does deserve to have his story put out there. And if I can be a voice for him, always do that. So I don't want to ever come across as wanting to do that, I guess, because it is traumatic and it does hurt. And it is hard to keep that hope and that fire alive. But I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't choose a different dad or a different story to have in my life. I would I would always choose this path. So I'm just thankful when people like you guys want to hear our story, because it it really does matter to us, to me and my family. And Jessica is here with me, but we have other siblings that aren't as comfortable speaking. And if we can be a voice for them and for other people across the country that have the same situation, we're always happy to do that. And we're thankful for all of you guys that always want to hear those stories, I guess. Because it's well, some people aren't interested. They don't really see the how important it is. I guess they're not like into law or they're not into criminal justice and all that. And it's it's not always about that. It's about people's lives as well.
1: I also think it's it's great to talk about this and be able to share our story because we don't get enough time with our dad or any time really at this point. But to be able to do something for him means a lot. We don't have enough stuff to be able to constantly be doing stuff like this, I would be more than happy because I feel like I'm a little bit closer to my dad right now, just getting his story out there and being able to do something for him when he can't do it himself means a lot because I know he would do anything for us. I want to give that back to him too. And I appreciate you guys being involved and wanting to hear about our dad.
3: What I've learned over the past few years writing to him is that your dad is a, a good man. And he does not deserve to be where he is.
1: The hardest thing is if you actually know my dad, know the person that he is, knowing just his heart, it's really hard to deal with where he's at and how he's got where he is and how everybody has really done him wrong because he is a good
4: person and he definitely didn't deserve. Yeah, and I think also a good point to make is even if you're unsure or you don't necessarily believe in his innocence... If you look at the case, then it's so obvious that he didn't get a fair trial. And that's all that I ask of people is even if you're unsure about whether or not he's innocent, at least we can agree on the fact that he didn't get a fair trial. And that at this point, with everything that he has done to try to get his name out there, the city of Bloomington and McLean County in general is just really like stonewalling us at this point. Because if you talk to any random person on the street about it, 9.9 times out of 10, they're going to say, well, yeah, he probably deserves a new trial, at least.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe so you can get notified of when our new episodes release and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at Touch by Crime. Thank you. And we hope to see you again next week.